Ultra. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 2 one heartbreaking exit minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Alan Strickland. Sorry, guys, there was a question on the teleprompter. (laughs) Of course, yes. Yeah, no, Mr. Strickland Burgundy over there. Uh, Thank you for returning again, Alan, for today's minute. Well, Uh, you know, at this point, I basically invoke squatters' rights in the studio, but... (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh you're in the studio for minute 74 today which is the one that begins with peter saying i held his hand and ends with otto assembling one of the last like large pieces of his new reactor um yeah yeah so we we exit out of our big our big sit down talk today but it's still mostly the sit down talk with the hand thing uh yeah well i (laughs) I, it's look if you're doing if you're talking about how you held his hand when he died and now I'm going to hold yours? Like, what? Well, here's the issue. Here's the issue. And I'm sure Raimi's doing this on purpose, but from a cinematic language standpoint and just a general, like, human interaction standpoint, that's the exact opposite of what's supposed to happen there. If anyone's supposed to reach for anyone's hand to comfort anyone, she reaches to comfort you in that moment. You do not reach to comfort her when you're just tearing her whole world down around her. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is a misstep on his part. In in general, uh, it is this moment that I think... I hate the most in this scene. Um, Mm. And the reason is because there's absolutely no payoff to it whatsoever. Um, Because the next time we see her, she's like, ah, water under the bridge. I processed it. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Water under the bridge, whatever. So it's like, well, then what was the point of that? Like, what what is the point of this ending? Other than like, it reminds me of like an, like an SNL writer who doesn't know how to end a sketch. Like, just like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know how to get out of this scene. So, (laughs) <laughs> just get, Here we go. She'll just get up Peter and leave. Peter stares <laughs> at stairs for five solid seconds. Yeah, it's, it's like bad so improv. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a, Rosemary, like, imbues it with such power as if this is going to be a thing. Yeah. Like, like she's going to tell him off or something. Thing, yeah. Well, not maybe not in this moment or that, like, this is a rift that will be difficult to... Uh, uh, fix? I don't know what the word we do with rifts. But, like, yeah, mend. Thank you. Mend. Um... So, like, she goes all out in, like, the gravitas of the moment, which I don't I don't blame her for, but, like, then this the movie itself does nothing with it. Yeah, so and then now, she's just uh, mixing her metaphors later by tr- when trying to tell him it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, I, like, I get where she was coming from. I get, like, oh, this is going to be a gesture that really, you know, 
this works um and it does while you're watching it it just has no payoff no whatever no no not not at all and look if you're if if the the purpose of the scene is to shoot is like teaching peter to share his burden with others Mm -hmm. then that should be what's happening because like the next time we see her we see the benefit of sharing your burden because now she has shared her burden with peter now she's like you know what i'm okay with getting rid of the house yeah, I'm okay with getting an apartment. Like I, I, I feel better because I don't, I don't feel this burden of Ben's ghost in this house shaming me for killing him, uh, yeah. because it was actually Peter's fault. You know, because, <laughs> because you know, because it wasn't anyone's fault. Like we, we shouldn't blame ourselves. And and right. you know, if she had realized that in this moment of like, uh, oh, oh, you know, honey, it's not. It wasn't your fault either. It's the person who shot him. That's whose fault it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. it's not your Maybe fault. Maybe Ben shouldn't have fought a guy with a gun. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's his fault. And we should. It, it's it's the guy who shot him. It's his murderer. Yeah. That's whose fault yeah. this is. And you should totally go try and kill him in the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, but that alleviating that burden by sharing it. Feels mm-hmm. like what this scene should be, knowing what the feels next like it, scene what it is. needs. Yeah, yeah, knowing yeah. what the next scene is, because this moment of pulling away from him and going upstairs, while it feels emotionally honest in like a very like real world way, yeah, these movies don't exist in the real world. Number mm-hmm. one and number two, yeah, uh, it, there's no payoff to it, so it just feels a little cheap. Yeah, yeah, and it this is this is one of the times that maybe like the the piecemeal approach to scripting this thing yep. like actually shows right because um, for the most part it's miraculous it works seamlessly but sometimes you're just like wait what yeah um, there there's sometimes there's just little transitionary bits that are just not there um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they have all of these benchmarks but they're not entirely sure uh, you know I think they luck into transitions. Um, with mm-hmm. those benchmarks. The connections. Yeah, the connections. Yeah. But like, w- this is one of the examples where the two benchmarks, the scene of her moving out and this scene, this confessional scene, they don't connect in any real meaningful way. And in fact, they borderline retcon the scene in the next scene because yeah. they're just like, yeah, water under the bridge. Well, that It didn't look like <laughs> water under the bridge to me. It looked like you were both drowning. Um, well, yeah. she did say it was. Uh, she started out by water over the bridge, in which case they would be drowning. So, yeah, the exact water over the bridge. We're, you're dead to me. Um, Get out of here. Uh, under the bridge or over it or whatever. Yeah, it's just <laughs> you're so dead to me. I can laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have I a new you nephew the now. He's from across <laughs> the street. I gave him all of your comic books. <laughs> <laughs> He's an upgrade, you see. Um, there is this weird feeling in a a scene that, quote unquote, doesn't work, uh, or a scene that is misplaced or something, where everybody still tries to make it work. Like and this is maybe a window into like movies that, where on the whole they don't work. Like obviously we we go kind of hard on Spider Man Two because it is such a good movie and one that people have such like fondness for that we feel comfortable really picking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. It it moments like this give me 
a little bit more empathy for movies that don't work at all because you can see how close on the knife edge you are a lot of times. Right. Um, and this is an odd, like one decision this way or else, and everybody's still giving it their all. Like the actors in the scene are going for right. it. Right. Well, because, you know, in a vacuum, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with this scene. In a vacuum. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, in, a, if, in a vacuum, if you if you don't take into consideration that we saw everything that Peter s- is describing, if you don't mm-hmm. take into consideration the next scene with Aunt May when she's moving out, this scene totally works in a vacuum. And so yeah. as actors, you're just performing it in that vacuum because your job that day is to come in and do this scene. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. they're giving it their all and they're knocking it out of the park. And it's, a, and it's a great scene in a vacuum. But as soon as you start taking all the other bits into consideration as a whole, mm-hmm. that's when it doesn't quite work. It's, it's, you know, the part is great. The sum of the parts, uh, some of them don't quite work. I mean, the car, the car still is a great looking car and it still gets <laughs> to point A to point B. With with little to no problem, but there's a couple of points where, you know, the, the engine hiccups, and this is one of those moments. The, I mean, even the way it's shot, like, the visual grammar of it is, we've had, what, two or three days this week that have just been shot over shot of them talking on sort of quiet, still, locked-off camera uh, positions. And then the first big camera move in this whole sequence is in this scene, down at the hand-reach moment, because it's... It's like things have shifted permanently for them. Like the the visual nature of it is all, is saying this is some sort of like catastrophic break in their relationship. This we go in for the insert and then up to her just horrified face. Mm-hmm. And that's the first camera move we have mm-hmm. is this insert. So this moment quote unquote changes everything because it's literally changing everything in the grammar of how it's shot. Right. But then it doesn't. It doesn't change everything later. It, it like you're whether it's like conscious or not, you're like noticing, oh, hey, this is when the camera's moving or whatnot. Like the part of your brain that is attuned to visual storytelling is believing this is a big deal. And then you're very quickly going to be told it's not a big deal. Right. It's just, yeah, it's just one thing on top of another here. I don't know. Um, yeah. Hands. <laughs> yeah. I do like uh, Rosemary's choice of not looking down at his hand. Yeah, yeah. She is oh, she, she is just... transfixed on Peter's face and then just pulls mm-hmm. her hand away without looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that it's not like a... She doesn't yell at him. It's not like she's bawling sad or yelling at him. She's just kind of like in shocked disbelief. Yeah. Um, because people... In a big scary moment or a big, you know, like intense or tragic moment in life, we often don't verbalize it immediately or uh or do something large with it sometimes you just sit and no what no right for a bit right and that's that's this there it's i mean she's they're good at acting like if this was if if toby mcguire had to build like an acting reel or something like yeah grab footage from this like monologue here put that at the beginning of your reel when you're looking for new representation he's toby mcguire he doesn't need to make reels but if he did uh this would be like a great like little showcase of him being vulnerable and him like you know not able to look directly at her and then when he says right before he says when he died that's when he actually does make eye contact because he's looking for that connection reaching for it with his eyes and then he's going to reach for it physically afterwards like the work he's doing is good it's just 
where it's written is weird. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's parts of his performance in this scene, you know, in the whole that I really like, and then there's parts of it when you break it down minute by minute. There's moments where I'm going, he's where his decisions seem weirder, divorced from the context of the entire scene, but. Mm. Like, some of the stuff he's doing with his voice here, especially at the very beginning of the clip, seems odd to me when I just watched that one minute. Mm. But that oh, could just Oh, I be... see. Just, that, just the fact that, like, the progression is chopped up, where you're like, oh, we're starting in a weird place right now. Yeah. It, it, oh, wow. Uh, you're getting really uh, breathy there, Toby. Uh, <laughs> also, well, I think, I, I think he's... I mean, I, th- I, I took it as, like, his voice is cracking because... He he's just like I I was holding his hand when he died like that's a that's something that he's <sighs> held on to I mean you know no no pun intended that he's held on to for a long time like that mm-hmm. that fact that he was there when he died because he I I don't think he told her that um, yeah I don't think he told anybody yeah I don't think he uh, told anybody so like he's saying that kind of out loud for the first time and and you know I I I don't know it makes sense to me that his voice is cracking. In that line, sure, it's a big, yeah, it's a big uh, emotional thing to admit. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it maybe works. it looks a little goofy because of the cemetery hair, but it works. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> hashtag cemetery hair. Hashtag cemetery hair, and um, the the move that Harris has when she leaves, like, I think it's really graceful and strong and cool. Again, mm-hmm. this is within the context of the scene itself. If we didn't know, right, that this is kind it's, of a useless scene. It's very stagey. Yeah, um, it's yeah. a it's very much a stage ed- exit for sure. Uh huh. Uh huh. Where she's like, "Oh, I know what to do with this." Like, right. um, like this is when she... the like literally <laughs> doesn't the 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 um the stage lights go out right at the end of the scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an act out or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, oh no, no, it doesn't. Wh- it, it actually does hard cut. Um, oh, it hard cuts to the next one. Yeah. But it uh, that would work there. Like, yeah, the, the, almost as much. Um. There's this, she stands first before she leaves. She doesn't make it like a one solid, like I'm gone moment. It's like standing up and confronting him with it and then moving. And it's like that her, her hand like walks over the table first and then steadies it so she can push off where it's like, she wants to look strong here, but she's not as stable as she once was. Uh, There's like a lot of cool, again, theatrical stuff happening Mm -hmm. there. Maybe, maybe it's not great for this, but I do love that type, like seeing a little bit of behavior like that yeah. and watching somebody do it gracefully. It's really cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think she's leaving because she doesn't want to say something she's going to regret in the heat of the moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which <sighs> is, which is good. Um, and then we, we dive directly into, to Doc Ock. Tentacle time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lifting a thing. CGI, you know, uh, it not the most convincing CGI on the piece itself. But again, what we've been coming back to in this film is the uh, the idea that like the animation is stronger than the like rendering of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that part looks very realistic, but the way the tentacles kind of like shake as they try to move it because of how heavy it is that like. I, I I buy the effect in those moments there. Those I little mean, details. Do like those that. tentacles even lift, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're it's lifting. A pretty heavy thing. They're lifting. Yeah, yeah. They're um, yeah, that, but they're struggling. And, I I think it's um, 
Ivor Molina is just selling it too. Like the mm-hmm. the fact that he is he's just like you know kind of like scrunched over and you know with nothing on his yeah. back and just yeah. sort of like walking like that like he's got you know 10,000 pounds that he's pushing up is mm-hmm. uh I mean that takes a special kind of actor and he's he's pulling it off really well. Yeah, he's almost like horizontal there like a mm-hmm. Like an ox in a yoke or something, like just uh, yeah, this big psychological gesture of pushing it. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's a pretty good actor, Alfred Molina. I don't know what, what you guys think, but I think he's pretty good. Oh, he's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's... Ha- have you noticed that? Like, I'd say this is just a weird thing that occurred to me just now. Outside sure, yeah. of uh, Franco. Like nobody in this movie's done anything. It seems like in a long time. Uh, uh hmm. Kirsten Dunst has sort of come back around lately because she did. Yeah. She did Fargo season two, and then she's been cast in a bunch of stuff since then. Um, right? Because she right. was like so good in that. Oh um, God, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Melina in a while. Yeah, and Toby's basically quit acting. Um, he he was a model. For a while, I know that a print model, and mm. uh huh, like he became the face of some designer brand for a while. I oh, think. okay. And oh, I thought um, that's an odd choice. Make and, your money however you can, I guess. Um, mm. yeah, that is a little weird. I don't think I have seen any like big projects with a lot of these, a lot of these folks. Um, yeah, and the only reason that popped into my head, Zach, is because you were talking about building an accurate rule, and you're like, he's Toby McGuire. He doesn't need any of that. And I'm like. Well, he hasn't done anything in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do these movies. The money he made on these movies, I don't. I and it's probably still making on these movies. Um, yeah, I, he probably doesn't technically have to work ever again, especially if you live somewhat modestly. Um, yeah, he probably wouldn't. He probably wouldn't have to ever work again. Uh, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. I it. I I think if I'm not mistaken, I think that. Um, the uh molly's game book came out and i think that kind of um killed uh, his made him want to yeah well yeah, uh, i think it killed his momentum a, a little bit um mm-hmm. that he was yeah. building up and yeah what so, yeah, what book the molly's game yeah the molly's yeah. game book did you see molly's game the movie i did not okay but you know of it right where jessica chastain plays the yeah the poker jessica chastain. yeah 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 the the character that michael Sarah plays uh player x is uh, actually Tobey Maguire, like in real life, um, right? And there's some revelations made about his character that is. Uh, I'm gonna have to maybe read not the nicest synopsis. dude in real life. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So I think that might have been like, you can go from being like an it guy, and then somebody publishes one of those like books that's like. Uh, expose of like what Hollywood stars are really like type of books right. that does not paint you in a good light. As, like, especially, maybe... especially when your, your, your whole brand is like, aw shucks, gee whiz. Um, yeah, that, that, that can hurt that, uh, that. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So makes I assume sense. he's waiting to lose his baby face and then he'll probably make a comeback. I would imagine. That's fair. I don't, I don't have much more from the actual minute itself. Uh, no, by which I mean I don't have any. Uh, do you guys have anything more for the minute? Uh, yeah. The machine's bigger this time. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it is much bigger. It's bigger sun. Bigger. What do they? What do you say? Uh, bigger and stronger than ever. Yeah. So we can see. Um, let's see. Uh, my only other note is mad science stuff in all caps. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That about covers it. That's accurate. <laughs> That's accurate. 
big old cables and weird experiments. Uh, <laughs> we'll get some more of that tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, you know, go check out the other podcast. We have a duelinggenre.com. Uh, there's lots over there. If you want to hear me do uh, another show, I do the Cornetto Minute with uh, yeah. Nick Jimenez. And uh, we covered all uh, every minute of Shaun of the Dead. That was our, our first season. And then we'll be back in a few months to start covering Hot Fuzz. Uh, so awesome. be on the lookout for that. And then we've got the Doctor's Companion, our Doctor Who podcast uh, that I co-host with Nick and Cassandra. And uh, lots of... Lots of lots of stuff over there with the Rocky Minute, oh, yeah. Harry Potter Minute, Lord of the Rings Minute. There's lots of stuff over there. So go check that out, duelinggenre.com, and we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 75. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya. <laughs>